This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey there, welcome to EXO Higher Self. It's me, Bunny Michael. I'm so happy that you're here with me today. I hope you had an amazing week. I have a cool announcement that um, me and Kara, my wife, who's also producing this podcast, we made our first uh, video episode this week. And the video episodes are higher self confessionals. So we built this little set and every month I'm going to make a video and tell a story about a wild thing that happened to me in my life that helped me glimpse my higher self. And I actually have a lot of these wild stories. So it's part reality TV, confessional, part higher self lesson. And this month for our first one, I'm talking about a story of when I was 15 and I took way too much LSD trying to hook up with my very first gay crush. So it's a pretty funny story and um, it was really cool to film it. So, yep, that's coming out on Friday. And if you're not a Patreon supporter, you can sign up so you can have access to those monthly videos that are an extension of just ways in which we can meet our higher self and the variety of those, how it looks different for everybody. And I hope that you are holding up. I know the news has been kind of crazy this week and we've seen, a, I've seen a lot of videos of Karen's, you know, throwing a fit at Starbucks and the grocery store about wearing a mask and things can seem pretty negative out there because the negative things tend to get the most attention. But remember, most people care a great deal about each other and are out there in the streets or in their families or in their homes or with their friends trying to be the best version of themselves. And there is actually so much compassion. And that's what really matters. And so we have to remember to focus on those people and focus on our communities um, who are really out here every day doing that work and keep that in the forefront of our mind. And that's going to help us maintain on this journey to higher self. So with that, let's get to the first question. Um, hi, Bonnie Michael. Um, I'm from Texas, and I have a question about um, making friends and, and connecting with others. I, I find it really difficult to relate to others without feeding into negative habits or, or bringing them down with, like, my trauma. Um, but I just, I've always felt really in my element. Um, within difficult situations and I don't know how to, uh, I guess, have fun and, and relate to others in a way that doesn't make them feel bad about, uh, me or like, 
like are like for me or um, I don't know about my situations and I'm not necessarily trying to bog them down um, I'm just I don't know how to relate and um, yeah I was wondering if you could help me figure out how to um, I guess because I want to I want to I don't want to close myself off from um, making friends because uh, I, I definitely don't think that I deserve it and, and there are wonderful opportunities out there. Um, I just, I, I don't know how to let them flow um, naturally. And I guess I just, yeah. Um, how do I make connections that feel lighter and aren't rooted in negativity? A good friend is going to be there for you through the good and the bad. You're not bogging someone down by talking about your trauma. Sure, you don't want that to be the only conversation that you have, but a close and caring friend doesn't see your struggles as a burden. They want to be there for you, just like you would want to be there for them. There's a couple things going on. First, I think you're just experiencing some level of social anxiety, and that's totally normal. A lot of times people feel pressure to have like really good outgoing personalities or be the life of the party or always seem like they're fun to be around. Social interactions can be hard, especially if it's not what you're used to. I still get anxious at social situations, but I try to remember that most everyone else is feeling some sort of social anxiety as well. You're not the only one and it's your own self-judgment, not the judgment of others, that's keeping you from feeling safe talking to people. Because when we assume people are judging us, a lot of times we're just judging them by making that assumption. It's actually way more likely that they're also worried about being judged. And offering up a conversation with someone you don't know so well can be a really generous act of kindness. If you're struggling to make conversation and keep it light, a good go-to that I use is asking someone more about them. Because friendship is about sharing and being actively interested in other people makes them feel at ease and will help you spark that initial conversation. Secondly, I just want to make sure that you yourself are cutting loose and having fun even when you're alone. Because when we have a lot of trauma and we're working on ourselves, which by the way takes a lot of courage and you should be really proud of yourself, it can become hard to focus on anything else because it's such a powerful part of our life. But experiencing pleasure is just as healing as working on our pain. So what are the things that bring you pleasure? What activities do you really enjoy? How can you spend more time prioritizing those things? And then finding community in the things you enjoy is also a really great place to make friends. I know we're limited right now in how we can get together and gather in spaces, but there's a lot of online community as well. Maybe there's a person in your orbit who you've been wanting to be better friends with because you can see that you have things in common, or maybe you admire them. Well, in order to make friends, you have to be a friend. So even if it feels scary, messaging someone and seeing how they're doing is a great way to start. I just want you to be careful not to judge how you behave so much because all you need to do is be your authentic self. Relationships are about compatibility and if it's not vibing with someone, 
then you can move on to someone that you actually do vibe with. Now more than ever, you know, people really need friends. And social media might make it seem like you know what's going on with a person because they post every day, but a post doesn't even come close to how they're feeling in real life. And the truth is, anyone would be blessed to have you as a friend, just how you are. Thank you for taking my question. So I was wondering, what role does privilege play in connecting with your higher self? Does it make it easier or harder, um, specifically male privilege, if you can get into that? Like I've said before on this podcast, your higher self sees the world through the lens of love. So when you are centered in your higher self, you see that we are all part of a whole and that there is no hierarchy of worth. No one person is more valuable than another. But being in that place doesn't mean you're blind to society's inequities. It actually makes you way more attuned to them and can be a real catalyst to realizing that you are here actually to change that inequity. Privilege is a social structure that has been organized by white supremacist cis patriarchy. And that social structure is dependent on most of the population to be economically exploited in order for it to exist. It was designed that way in order to keep white men in power. So when we become aware of the privilege that we're born into, our higher selves can help us dismantle the economic and social structure in order to rebuild a society structured on love. That work looks different for all of us. You wanted to know more specifically about male privilege, and you probably know of way more instances than me where you can speak up for non-cis male voices. Maybe it's at your job and pointing out that there needs to be more femme representation. Maybe it's around your friends or family and calling people out on their sexism or homophobia or transphobia. Maybe it's taking up activism or becoming an educator. It's all about creating more space in whatever space you are in. Privilege is enforced through mental and social conditioning. And just like all the ways we're trying to unlearn our conditioning, it's gonna take a lot of inner work. Just like how we try to weed out our negative self-image, we have to weed out our judgment of others. It can be hidden in places we were not conscious of before. But staying humble in our work, whether it's dismantling privilege or learning how to be more self-compassionate, it all comes from the realization that love is the awareness of our oneness. You are no better than anyone else and no one else is better than you. Our higher selves are our guides to self-transformation and collective transformation. Hi, Bunny. Um, I'm calling in from Brooklyn, New York, um, as well. And your mention about um, the fireworks going on at night um, really uh, um, affected me because I've been feeling like I don't know um, you know, what to believe and what not to believe, um, in these times. And I, I feel this overwhelming paranoia and conspiracy, cons conspirational vibe within my neighbors and my neighborhood Facebook groups, um, in Brooklyn wondering if all of this is a, um, conspiracy by the government to try to 
intimidate people and turn people against each other and stay at home at night. And, you know, part of me is wondering, you know, how to deal with such a fear-based mood. And I wonder, you know, is that a conspiracy that sounds just as crazy to other people as it does to us when we hear people say that, for example, Dr. Anthony Fauci is a tool of China to try to undermine the United States economically by, um, you know, inventing the coronavirus. I mean, they're two completely different things, but, you know, some people on the right could say that, you know, lefties in, in Brooklyn are freaking out for, for no reason. And I don't know what to believe. And I, I don't, Yeah. So how do you, how do you deal with that? Thank you. I think as a general rule for maintaining your own mental and emotional health during this time is to try to avoid spiraling into a fear free for all. And that is what a lot of conspiracy theory tends to find its power through fear. Yes, it's true that we live in a white supremacist police state, and it could be totally possible that cops are planning fireworks. But how are you going to be able to continue to do your part in the work towards social justice if you are paralyzed by anxiety and fear? I want to tell you a little story about my deep dive into some conspiracy theory culture. After I did ayahuasca for the first time, which was many years ago, I felt amazingly open to some beautiful new truths about the universe that were not in my consciousness before. And it felt incredible. So in that space, I became even more curious and I wanted to keep learning. And I really got into like sacred geometry and ancient civilizations, you know, flower of life and, and all of that magical stuff and all those mysteries. And in those YouTube holes, I came upon videos um, about crop circles and aliens and Palladians and reptilians. Um, and it made a lot of sense to me. And I kind of became obsessed with listening to this supposed channeling of a Palladians. Palladians are supposedly like an alien race that is here to help humanity evolve to a higher consciousness. So um, there was this lady on YouTube who claimed to channel Palladian messages. So I would listen to this channeling and it scared the crap out of me. But I kept doing it and it was all this doomsday stuff and, you know, nothing is real and we're all living in a hologram and stuff like that. And after a while, I was like, I don't know if this is true or not, but ultimately this isn't serving me to be in this fearful state. Because there's always going to be things we don't have answers to. And if we rely on on finding those answers in order to feel okay or at peace, then we will be destined to a life of instability. So what I'm saying here is you really need to negotiate what you personally should be focusing on in order to stay on your path of love. For some people, doing the work of spreading the word about the conspiracy behind the fireworks is in alignment with their role of the awakening of the planet. That could be their loving work, and you don't have to agree or disagree with everything people do. Staying open to all possibilities but not needing to know everything is generally a more peaceful place to be. 
And from that peaceful place, you can be more effective in your role of awakening more love within yourself and in the world. This is Bunny here. I wanted to let you know that the following question and answer references sexual abuse. Please skip over the question if it's something that you don't want to listen to. Thanks. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, Bunny. I first just want to say that I love the photos you make on Instagram about speaking to your higher self. I think they're awesome and they're the reason I started following you. Um, so for my question, I'm having a lot of trouble working through my feelings on my current situation. My mom's partner, who I considered a father figure, molested me for months when I was about 11 years old. I told my mom at the time and nothing changed or happened. He just sheepishly apologized and it was all swept under the rug. Um, a few months ago, I'm 22 now, um, I caught him recording me while I showered. I told my mom and again, she didn't really do anything. I had to be the one to push her to break up with him, for him to move out of the house so I could feel safer, things like that. Uh, him and I are not on speaking terms now, but the rest of my family still has a relationship with him, and it upsets me a lot. I want my family to be angry at him for the trauma he's caused me, and I feel betrayed by them. I'm not sure why they want to keep someone in their life who has caused me so much pain. I feel like if they love and support me, they'd cut ties with him. Um, I'm just not sure how to work through these feelings as I love my family very dearly. I just feel like they're making a mistake with this and I just feel very ostracized and isolated. Oh, love, you are so brave and so strong. You are a survivor. The first thing I want to say before anything else is you deserve professional support that is outside of your family. You need professional help in order to continue your healing process and navigate what choices you need to make to stay safe. There are many resources out there for survivors of sexual abuse, including ones with free phone counseling and people that can help you find local support. I'm going to list some resources for you on my site in the transcript of this episode therapy or counseling at least once a week by a licensed person with experience in healing sexual abuse is imperative. As far as your mom and your family, it really saddens me to say that their lack of care for your safety, both physically and emotionally, is also a form of abuse. I'm not sure if you live at home with your mom or in what situations you're still forced to interact with this man, but I hope that you're not having to be in the same physical space as him. Unfortunately, there are many people out here who live in denial of abuse in their own families. It's very common. So much abuse is swept under the rug, like you say. 
and that's why it continues to go unchecked generation after generation. Your family may really believe that they love you, but love is active and their actions are not loving. That's their shortcoming, and it has nothing to do with who you are or how deserving you are of a truly loving and protective family. I know that often when one layer of abuse is revealed in families, a lot of times other instances from the past or other family members from other generations that experience abuse, you know, that also tends to come into light. So it's like opening a can of worms a lot of the times, and that may be part of their denial. And this might not even be conscious. The love you have for your family isn't negated by their neglect. It's okay that you love them. You're a loving person, and that capacity for love that I can clearly hear from your voice is very powerful and will help you continue to love yourself and do what's right for you. It was incredibly brave to stand up for yourself and speak out, especially as a child. And I'm so inspired by your tenacity. You're healing your own family simply by taking care of yourself and ending the cycle of abuse. But you can't help people who don't realize they need help. And your healing cannot be dependent on your mom or your family changing. Now you need a plan to continue your own care. And there are people who can help you create that plan. Remember, no matter what, there's a strength in you that nothing can touch. It's an eternal light that nothing can diminish. It radiates in love and can warm you up in the coldest of places. It's your home and it connects you to the love of all humanity where we are all safe, warm, and welcome. There are many forms of family and you are not alone. Okay. Hi, bunny. This is the umpteenth time I've tried to record this. But I'm just going to do it, and it's going to be wonderful, and you're going to love it. My name is Dee Dee. I am reporting to you from Canada. I'm whispering because my parents are about to fall asleep. Basically, I have a question about love and relationships. I am in my first romantic relationship. I am 24. Uh, we've been together for six months. He is amazing. He's sweet and sexy and intelligent and compassionate and kind and all the wonderful things. But I did something very stupid recently. Basically, I was out for drinks with a friend. Um, I am in Vancouver, which has a lot more, a lot less restrictions and due to our successful flattening of the curve. But I was out for drinks with a friend. And I kissed that friend while I was very drunk. My partner, he is not about that open relationship life. And I don't know how to talk to him about it because I'm about that life. And I've talked about wanting an open relationship. But I don't know how to make him feel primary in that relationship. I don't know how to make him feel special. I know that's a question I better ask him, but do you have any advice to like make someone feel special and primary and how to help them forgive you? Yeah, that's all. Whether you're in a monogamous or polyamorous relationship, you have to respect your partner or partner's boundaries. 
I think there can be a misconception about polyamorous relationships, like you get to do whatever you want. And it's actually the opposite in a lot of ways, because you're responsible for maintaining healthy boundaries and caring for the needs of more than one person. And that requires a lot of honest communication. When you made out with your friend, you violated your partner's boundaries. And I wouldn't recommend using this incident as a pivot to convince him that an open relationship is safe for him. That choice needs to come from a place where both people want it and feel secure and feel safe emotionally doing it in order for it to be consensual. It's okay that you want a polyamorous relationship. You deserve to be in a relationship that suits your needs. But the issue isn't about making your partner feel special enough or primary enough to be in an open relationship. Because him knowing his own boundaries, i.e. knowing he wants monogamy, means he already knows he's special. Relationships are hard to navigate, and a lot of it is trial and error. And you say this is your first one, so I really wouldn't be too hard on yourself for making some mistakes. I mean, it happens. And maybe because you were afraid to tell him before that you actually want to be open, you might have subconsciously created a situation where you have to tell him that's what you really want. And that's why honest communication can prevent a lot of unnecessary hurt. That's why your higher self knows there's nothing shameful about your desires. Who knows, maybe he'll be into it at some point. But when you seek his forgiveness now, you really need to separate the poly issue from the boundaries issue. And that will help him feel like you really understand why what you did was hurtful. You can't blame being a polyamorous person for crossing his boundaries because polyamory doesn't mean crossing boundaries. And if you want a monogamous or a polyamorous relationship, it really is a compatibility issue. And you two might not be in the same place. It doesn't make either of you wrong. But I would really steer away from pushing him into doing something that isn't right for him because both of you deserve to feel like your needs are being met with or without each other. Well, that wraps it up for this week. Thank you so much for joining me. And thank you to everybody that sent in those amazing questions and for your vulnerability and your honesty. It really, really matters. And a lot of people are listening to this. And the fact that you made that effort um, to share your story with us, let me tell you, it goes a really, really long way in ways in which you probably won't really ever know. Um, to everybody else who's sending questions that I didn't get to answer, uh, I'm doing my best to answer all of them. So just in case I didn't get to this week, I could get it to it next week. And anybody else who wants to send a question, remember to email a voice member to xohigherself at gmail.com. We also have a phone number that you can call and leave a voicemail to. Um, and I just want to remind you that as you go on for the rest of the week, remember you're being guided by a love that is so powerful and it and it exists right there in your heart and no matter all of the chaos outside of the world no matter all of the friction in all the times that we feel worried or anxious or fearful you can always come back to that place because you're never really alone your higher self is always with you ready to pick you up without judgment or criticism or regret ready for a new opportunity to love i'll see you next time have a great week. Bye.
Exo Higher Self is recorded in Brooklyn, New York, hosted by me, Bunny Michael, produced by Kara Gilvey, with original music and sound mixing by Michael Bihari. 